Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody. Hey, hi. I'm Carol Ann. I'm Matt. And our executive producer is asleep, so there's no rules today. <laughs> We're going to say heck and frick. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Boozed and Confused. Thank you for saying that to me. It's very <laughs> nice to be here. Uh, yeah, what's been going on? What do you, what do you got going on these days? <laughs> I'm not talking about it. That's very private. It's very private. We're not talking about the fact that we've been doing nothing. Yeah, we've been at home um, for about a week now since last Saturday uh, doing nothing. We haven't been seeing other people and uh, we haven't been going to the store. So pretty much everything is like normal. Yeah. So we'll we'll leave that up to the imagination. Yeah, just like. Normal stuff that we super normal. No, but it actually is normal for us. We don't, we don't see people. Sometimes. Most of the time. Sometimes. Usually. All right. Well, today is not a me episode. Today is a Matt episode, uh, which I'm excited about. Um, but before we get into today's episode, some housekeeping items. The first one actually is a different one than usual um we have a promo from our friends at campfire classics what which is a literary comedy podcast um so that'll be right after this episode so be sure to give it a listen um and then head over to their (laughs) podcast you can find them on spotify um which i think is like probably spotify and apple podcast so it's the two biggest podcast platforms but go give them a listen And back to our regularly scheduled uh, housekeeping items, the first one. Uh, We're on all your favorite social media, like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, You can send us some good memes. You can DM us there. Uh, Really, whatever you want. And I'm actually getting more active on Twitter now, which uh, Twitter is actually just kind of a shithole, depending on which part of Twitter you're in. So... I don't know. I try to not spend too much time on there because it just goes dark real quick. I'm uh, not really active on Twitter. I do have an account. Yeah. Um, I want to say the last thing I looked at was someone from the actual Taliban <laughs> shit posting, <laughs> asking about how he looked with his brand new gun. Uh huh. And then some like Gen Z shit lord <laughs> asked him a question about do any of your people have ligma and he goes what is ligma and he goes ligma balls <laughs> or something <laughs> oh god i you know god bless the gen zers who probably have a bigger death wish than like any millennial um um <laughs> i and would probably be up just for don't. the challenge i'm up for the challenge i know a few people I know a few people who would be up for that challenge. We would at least hit that same yeah. vibe as them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not making Ligma jokes to the Taliban, so. You know, yes, I'm not. You're yeah. right. I'm not. But I sure as hell did a screenshot of that, and I think it's I think it's pretty funny. Oh, it is so funny. That's so good. Um, so, yeah. Social media. Um, if you like the pod and you want to support us, uh, you can follow, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, something that's interesting that I actually read on Twitter um, is, you know how every podcast says, like, be sure to leave a review if you like us, especially on Apple Podcasts. I've read that Apple Podcasts algorithm changed and reviews don't have the same weight anymore. I would still love if you if you like us and you feel so inclined, I would still love if you left us a review uh, 
you know, on Apple Podcasts. But um, this thing that I was reading said that it's definitely more important to leave reviews on some of, like, the indie sites. I think, like, Podchaser, um, maybe Stitcher. Can't remember the other ones. I should have been better prepared for this, but I'm not. So, uh, yeah, definitely leave us a review if you like us. And if you take a screenshot and send it to us, we will send you some Boost and Confuse stickers for free. I think we're on YouTube now. Oh, shit. We're totally on YouTube. I completely forgot about that. Uh, I've just spent like six days straight getting all of our old stuff on there because there's no easy way to do that. So we're totally on YouTube. And what's interesting is um, there's like a completely different crowd of people on YouTube than who usually listen to the pod, which is very interesting. Right. So if you are a YouTube person, this is our first time mentioning it. Yeah, shout out so, to YouTube. So, what up? Sorry you won't get to see us actually doing this live because we're not nearly competent enough to do one take. Yeah, no. This is not the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nor would I want it to be. Um, it's like three-hour episodes. Yeah, it's too much. I don't have time for that. The executive producer would not be happy, let me tell you that. Um, but yeah, so we're on YouTube. You can listen to the audio there as well. And if you're on YouTube... Um, I've seen like a lot of comments come in so far, which is kind of neat. So I'm hoping to maybe be able to respond to those soon, but kind of enjoy that. I think that's pretty neato, like Marge Simpson. So uh, the last housekeeping item, what are you drinking? Uh, this is actually a um, like a seltzer. Uh, it's a Hornitos tequila seltzer. Excellent. It's like a White Claw but it's tequila. That sounds like I'm not going to have a good time. Um, No, you know, I actually feel like this would be way more enjoyable if I put a shot of actual tequila tequila in this, which I'm I'm actually heavily considering doing if we pause at any point during us recording. All right, we'll keep it rolling. We'll keep going. I don't know. I hope we pause it. I don't know. We'll we'll see. It takes like one mess up. (laughs) I... I'm drinking a Smithix because the only beer we have in the house is Smithix and Spotted Cow. And I'm over Spotted Cow. Well, the garage fridge has like Coors, nope. uh, old style, no. Miller Lite. No. One, well, Miller Lite, one I would, Goose I would Island do. IPA. Yeah. A bunch of lime bubbly water. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, And like frozen shots of like different liquors you gave me um for my classroom i do remember that as well Which the only thing appealing to that in me is uh the miller light which speaks to my south side very south side of yeah. you um all right well that's it that's all i got for housekeeping items uh so i guess we can just get into it sweet um yeah okay um i must have spent i don't know how many hours not actually doing research but actually just trying to figure out what the hell i want to talk about um we started talking about what what travis wilson uh-huh wilson travis yeah the alien guy mm-hmm. um actually someone on youtube put a comment yes. on the john teeter episode yes um, i don't know if he was blasting me or not I don't think it was the John Teeter episode. It, I think it was the Bob Lazar oh, episode. It was Bob, yeah. Whatever. It yeah. was it was one of the two. Um and I might have mentioned him being like a you know, like a false flag. Um literally I just pull information and I just display it. I don't really have an opinion on most things <laughs> I talk about. I gather my opinions from other people on the internet. <laughs> I don't have opinions on anything. Uh, but for this one, um if it's not like world ending existential dread i'm just not into it yeah i i feel like we both have our niches like i particularly enjoy talking about how scummy um like corporations are and like cover-ups and conspiracies and you just talk about all the ways that things are shit in the world if you're a psychologist you might be like yeah yeah that's just pretty spot on <laughs> yeah that's pretty spot on uh no so um talking about doomsday predictions that i think are just neat yeah and we're doing this episode as hurricane ida is ramping up to potentially become a category four to hit uh 
New Orleans. So very fitting. Fun fact. Climate change is. Fun fact. Carol Ann is obsessed with hurricanes. I that is a fun fact. I um, have a really weird interest in just tropical weather in general. And uh, once like a big storm, well, I guess maybe to be fair to me, I got into this maybe in like 2016 ish. And a lot of the reason I got into it was because of like the humanitarian aspect and volunteering. So, um, you know, when like Hurricane Harvey hit, for example, I was like helping doing dispatch for volunteer groups. Um, I can't do that anymore. Shout out to people who actually do dispatch because that shit is so fucked up that it really, (laughs) really haunted me. So I, I can't do that anymore. So instead I just do fundraising and I send people money. Because, uh, yeah. Anyways. Very surprised that in the background of us working right now, um, we don't have the TV on with Weather Well, because um, the next update doesn't come for a while, so. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance, depending on how long we go. So you're saying that we might pause it. Wait, no. Because you know when we pause it, I'm taking a shot of tequila. Nope. I'm doing it. It's going to happen. I'm going to call your mother and I'm going to tell My her. mom listens to this. She's going to know. Oh, and there it is. She definitely she definitely messed up, uh, but I don't have tequila, so it's just going to be some oh, Tito's. No, we, we what about well, that bottle we, on the end? No, that one I'm not touching. That's Why? That's, that's the nice. That's, no, that's, that's the, the good, good stuff. Tequi- that's the good stuff. I don't look. You know what? That's fine. You can make your own choice. That's the good stuff. I'm drinking yeah. Tito's vodka. It, Nostrovia. <laughs> God, ew. when i had the covid i couldn't taste anything i tasted all of that but it's nice handmade vodka in america and it's not bad <clears throat> i hate vodka i yeah. hate vodka <sighs> and now we're back <clears throat> oh i hate vodka so much okay <laughs> okay okay so yeah doomsday predictions so i th- i thought it'd be cool to start off with a poem so just to really set the mood. Mm, you yeah. know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a, a part of a poem. I'm not going to read the whole. It's it's a quite a long poem. I thought about reading the entire thing. It's it's a little long. It would kind of lose the tenor of what I'm trying to do. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. If I was better at editing, I would put uh, applause in there. Ooh, thank you. Uh, that's a T.S. Eliot poem, uh, The Hollow Men, which was, um, he began writing in the early 1920s, and it's uh, partially a um, like reflection of post-World War I Europe, which was pretty crap, uh, and partially like this perceived decay of society and those four lines i just read were said to be well in his obituary quote the most quoted lines of any 20th century poet writing in english so it's this haunting poem uh that's like ironically filled with pieces of other literature like the inferno by dante um the the our father um and like this bleakness of the failure to act by mankind um the most quoted lines of any poet so it's it's pretty cool um i would talk for like hours about this poem but it's not english class uh so no but if you're uh into that you should check out campfire classics <laughs> which promo is going to be right after this <laughs> but uh just a, a plug go ahead uh if you if you do have like five minutes to spare read the hollow men uh if you have half an hour read some commentary and analysis it's it's great um so yeah uh if i'm not like writing about the end of the world i'm thinking about the end of the world uh you gotta love this is very normal. <laughs> you, very <laughs> normal. You you got to love the existential dread. No. No, it's so no. you don't really feel alive 
if you don't think of dying. Actually, if you guys want to know something funny, this is a safe space. Um, so I have a generalized anxiety disorder. I have pretty bad anxiety. I started seeing a therapist in January of 2020 because my anxiety was so bad. And when I first started talking to her, I opened up and said, I feel like human life is just so fragile and like something could wipe us all out just in a minute, you know, and like that sort of overwhelming existential bullshit, you know, came over and then fucking a global pandemic happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I just find it very ironic, the timing. We had literally maybe like three or four in-person sessions and then it was the whole like, oh, I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> so you're the main character of this universe yeah. and your yeah. uh, mental <laughs> thought bubbles are creating these things. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. I'll just go back to shit posting on Reddit. Just stop. Um, no, but I... Totally am somewhere in the same ballpark as you. Um, definitely, I think starting in college, I would do this thing where I'd do like, you know, three, two, one now, thinking like that was going to like, that's the meteor coming into the atmosphere. Thinking so highly of yourself that you could end the world yo, on would, demand. It would be crap, but I'd be like, yo, totally called it. Oh, totally called yeah. it. Um, anyways, have you seen the film? And it's probably no donnie darko no but you know what i have seen every episode of law and order svu at least three times i just don't have time for movies right now you can spend three hours watching <laughs> law and order or you can watch one movie all right get on with it i'm calling you out on the pod absolutely <laughs> calling you out on the pod spoilers for you as well, then. Yeah. This film came out in 2001. That's 20 years ago. That's plenty of time to see it. So, spoilers in three, two, one, now. Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a doll, uh, is the main character. Um, and to do no justice to this great, weird film, in a horrible summary, he pretty much has visions of this rabbit suit-wearing guy named Frank... And uh, he lets him know that the world is ending in 28 days. And so the rest is really up to you to watch. Uh, it's great. It's weird. It's full of, like, stars. Um, I actually thought that Jake and his sister Maggie were twins uh, until I Googled that Maggie Gyllenhaal is actually older by, like, three years. Yeah, I will add that to the top of my list for watching. You know, see, she says that, but she's actually not. So it's, this is obviously a piece of fiction, uh, but there is definitely a countdown of sorts to the end of things. Oh, like the countdown uh, timer to the end of the world. You know oh, what I'm saying? Is that like the, the end of the world clock? Oh, what that's where called? the scientists go, like, like we're 10 seconds to midnight, Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's, no, that that's is... That's probably what, uh, I don't know, fueled no, my anxiety. That is a metaphorical, like, here's how close we are to things being irreversible, and even though it it, it, it already seemed extremely irreversible, but what do I know? I'm, I'm just a little plebeian person <laughs> on a rock uh, in space. Um, so like things might not be ending anytime soon, but it's, it's bound to end whether it's, whether it's now or, or it's eons from now. Um, so I actually ended up going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, um, that sounds about right for last you. night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got into an article of like predicted science. So it's, it's stuff that doesn't exist yet. But people who do science now are like, yeah, we'll probably do that down the line. Uh, so along with other stuff happening in the future, like, for example, like what will humans be doing when the sun begins? It's like its final expansion as it like begins to become like a red giant and like envelop the uh, inner four planets of the solar system. I hope I'm just dead by then. We're going to be. I mean, if humans are even alive at, at that point. Fair point. Like, not even, 
We're not doing a good job at wiping <laughs> ourselves out, so who knows? Not even in the ballpark of, of it happening. There's 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 no way. This is like like way, 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 way in the future. Like personally, I think it's pretty hopeful that we get off this rock and populate the galaxy. Um, but it's it's a pretty crazy uh like like Wikipedia um page. We could probably link it. Yeah. I'll I'd have link to find it. It, it. it yeah. it's a cool it's cool just, just to like see what they think can happen. Um so like in even if we do manage to leave Earth and we populate the Milky Way, because let's be serious, like the universe is so stupidly large, um, I can't even fathom. Um, I, I want to say I was uh, either reading something or listening to a video or something, and someone put it like this: like if the uh, United States is the Milky Way, and um earth is like in arizona and like our our fastest that we've traveled like our um our satellites like if we've sent them out which we have plenty of them um if it was like a house the satellite is like a piece of dust in the house and that piece of dust hasn't even like left the driveway yet I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's how big things are and how small we are. Anyways. I'll be sure to bring this up on uh, next Thursday's <laughs> call with my therapist. <laughs> so anyway, anyways, even if even if we do uh, you know, leave Earth and escape this solar system and find other planets, which they are, there are planets that are out there that can be theoretically habitable habitual no that's a habit habitable habitable oh man that's bad um even if regardless of what we do in the next even million years if that's an even possible thing for us to achieve is being alive for that long not alive but you know exist as a species please just freeze my head let me be walt disney <laughs> no i was gonna do a walt disney episode and then like the first thing i found was like it's actually he was cremated but that might be the Disney people. That's the false flag. <laughs> That's the false fucking flag. Look, regardless of whatever we do, the universe eventually will be nothing but black holes, and even the smallest atom will cease to exist. Uh, and it's such a weird thing to try and contemplate. First of all, like how big the universe is, but also that nothing will exist. I don't know. I, so which part of this is doomsday? We just oh, I'm 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 still getting there. I'm still getting there. Look, we're gonna go back to like sixty. Great, yeah, like, just like all the, the way the year history. sixty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think watching the film Interstellar um, mm -hmm. earlier this week mm -hmm. got me on on this vibe uh, because I totally did watch Interstellar. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, it's a film that everyone needs to watch. Um, I actually had loads of anxiety beginning the film, uh, as I do with some other movies. I'm actually uh, like, yes, it's like you know, it's it's hard to to be like, all right, for the next two and a half, three hours, I will do this and nothing else. Mm. It's a little tough. Do you see why I don't watch a lot of movies? But I only watch good movies. I only watch good movies. You don't watch movies, period. No, you only watch I... Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Those are good movies. There's like. We don't have time to talk about this. No, we don't. We don't have time. <laughs> so, like I said, I've, I've been finding it harder to sit down and be like, all right, movie time. But I'm happy I did. Um, so, as if existential dread is not on my mind enough, uh, I decided it was time to take a look back at a whole bunch of times people thought the world was ending. And it turns out, there's a whole bunch of it, and it's pretty great. What if every one of those doomsday predictions actually came true, but, uh, like, the beginning of, of life would happen in, like, an alternate universe or, like, a copy universe, and we're maybe, like, the 15th. Do you know how close I was to talking about <laughs> quantum... Um, quantum uh it's, it's it's not quantum death it's quantum immortality uh-huh you know how close i was to doing that topic 
I'd still be writing it right now. Oh, I'm sure. It'd be like a week long. I'm not yeah. doing that to myself. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't blame you. All right. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. <laughs> so whether it's an old Mayan calendar, uh, numbers hidden in the Bible, uh, giant meteor, comet hurtling towards Earth, uh, humans have had this obsession with uh, trying to predict or know when everything we've worked for as a species will like just come to an end meteor (laughs) hey uh angel um did you make the dinosaurs meteor like i asked um a meteor (laughs) meteor it's the only good tiktok that exists there's a lot of good ones but it's the best tiktok that exists oh she's so great also like a paleontologist i think she is yes if no one knows we're talking about, just type in I want what TikTok meteor. TikTok dinosaurs meteor god. It's funny. It is it's, good. It's very funny. Uh, anyways, uh, a lot of the predictions of the world ending do have us ending with a bang and not a whimper. So kind of like the opposite of T. S. Eliot there. So let's take a look at some of the fun predictions of how it all ends, uh, past, present and future we're not out of the woods yet folks uh so i i think the first time i thought about the world ending was when i borrowed a book from the library um it was a book about black holes i was like 10 years old and i was like i was super upset when i thought about all my toys uh like like not being like looked after or cared for um and then i didn't really think about that until i think my sophomore year of high school when that earthquake hit the indian ocean in uh 2004 mm-hmm. you remember that i yes what are you like a third grader then you were you so baby. rude you baby i'm really not that much i was a sophomore you. in high school you were don't even say what grade you were in but you remember that right yes uh nasa scientists using the data from the earthquake calculated uh, its effect on Earth's rotation. Uh, And like it actually shortened the length of day and uh, it slightly changed the planet's shape and it shifted the North Pole by a few centimeters. That's pretty hardcore. That's insane. Yeah. So the earthquake also created the huge tsunami uh, and it slightly altered Earth's rotation for like, I mean, it's it's all very small, but like the force of nature was so massive, like like they estimate that Earth now tilts by an extra two and a half centimeters after the shaking of that earthquake. That's wild mm-hmm. to think about. And so it might have just been like a Midwest winter thing, you know, where it's like ice cold and then it's like 50 degrees for like a week yeah and everybody's outside in shorts which is <laughs> and grilling <laughs> yes absolutely but like i remember the warmest days of winter like right after that earthquake happened uh, and like like looking back on it i don't know how much of an effect that the earthquake actually had but it did give me an example of how easily nature can just like flip everything on its head uh, anyways, like on, on to the good stuff, I guess. Um, let's take a look at how the world would have ended if people were right. And here's some other ways that the world could end if other people are right. So I feel like the years and months leading up to December 2012 were like the most heavily filled with doomsday predictions. Yeah, that was like RY2K. Yeah. Well, I also, we also experienced Y2K. Yeah, but I didn't have, like, the recognition of what was really going on. I did. I was, like, I held my breath at midnight. I was terrified of midnight on right, well, 2000. I had no idea. I could I have was, been vaporized, and it just would have been game over for All me. right, chill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, like, every few years, something new pops up. Um, so you said Y2K. Totally. Uh, then you got the Mayan calendar. You got planet Nibiru uh, that's going to 
blasts into Earth. Uh, you've got the Rapture. You've got the Yellowstone Caldera. Oh my God! When I was blow. in Yellowstone, I was like, it would be my fucking luck that the shit would explode while I'm here. And I guess maybe that's preferable because you would just immediately die uh, rather than be somewhere else in the country and just have like absolutely no sunlight for years from the explosion. But well, Woody Harrelson in the film. 2012 definitely gets got by the caldera yeah i mean i i i would probably prefer that i would i would choose to to be killed in the first 10 seconds of it than survive for 10 years absolutely yeah um so like predictions of the end of the world are nothing new um this dates back to like the first millennium uh, ce ad whichever way you roll with it um Folks have been prepared for it all to end. Um, and though, although a lot of it revolves around uh, like the Abrahamic religions, uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, a lot of it doesn't. And so I'm going to kind of go into both. Uh, so I, I begin kind of religious, and then I kind of go into the silly stuff. So if you really hate hearing about scripture and stuff, maybe skip like, I don't know, five minutes. Um, but I do have um, some stats for us before I get into it. Um, there was a poll conducted in 2012 across 20 countries, and it found that over 14% of people believed that the world would end in their lifetime. Uh, and those numbers would range from 6% of people in France to 22% of people in the U.S. and Turkey. That's very interesting. I wonder if there's, like, just a cultural difference there, or I also want to know, like, the age of the people who responded yes to that. Well, no one asked me, so <laughs> so there's that. So, uh, Belief in the apocalypse is observed to be the most prevalent in people with, I hate to say it, lower rates of education, uh, lower household income. Are you calling me dumb? No, I'm not calling. I'm not calling anyone dumb. This is this is just the thing I, I found on the internet. Okay. So yeah, that's that's it, and also people under the age of 35. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I fit. I fit that description. Yeah. Yeah. We both do. We both do. Oh no, we're smart. We have a podcast. SMRT. <laughs> We're smart. <laughs> yeah. We hold all the cards. Yeah. yeah. We're the media. Yeah. I have I have a I have a degree. I'm smart. S M R T. So one of the first predictions of the world ending takes us back to the year sixty six. Period. This prediction is accredited to uh, Simon Ben Giora, who was the leader, uh, one of the leaders, of one of the major Judean rebel factions during the first Jewish-Roman war in the first century of Roman Judea. So, uh, he believed that the Jewish uprising against the Romans was the final endgame battle which would bring about the arrival of the Messiah and thus the end of the world. It's the final countdown. And so the war was not the end of the world. In fact, it wasn't even the last war in those fights. It was the first of three major rebellions against the Roman Empire. Uh, And Simon didn't even live to see the end of fighting because he was caught and executed in the year 70. Poor Simon. I'll, I'll toast to Simon. To Simon. To Simon. Uh, so the conflict would actually carry on until 136, um, and the world moves on. So he was wrong. He was wrong. Uh, so, But this was one of the first historically acknowledged predictions, and it definitely was not the last, even in the first century, uh, A.D. slash C.E., whichever way you roll again. Uh, in fact, Wikipedia alone had 11 references of apocalypse predictions in the first century. So um, a number of, this is going to move forward now in time, uh, a number of Christian thinkers, philosophers, 
uh, took this one section from chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, which is uh, super Old Testament. Uh, they thought that they could interpret the prophecies, which were super, uh, not want to say like prophetic, but like they're pretty, they're super heavy. And they believe that they were able to interpret the numbers in these verses and predict to like the minute when the world would end. Uh, so I'm actually going to uh, read those those few verses and then kind of say what, like what they thought and then kind of what they did when they were wrong. Uh, so this part of the Bible um, has been interpreted a million times over and more modern scholars are like, this is like a swamp of horrible interpretation done by people. So modern scholars are like, yeah, everyone in the past did a crap job on this. Um, they're trying to find things that aren't there. Zero out of ten. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a big three that are in the first century that I'm going to talk about, but not get too, too into it. Um, so there's a guy named Hippolytus of Rome, Sextus Julius Africanus, and Irenaeus. They are not friends. They're not even living in the same time. Uh, but they all had taken the prophecies use of the word weeks pretty much put their spin on it. Uh, is it years? Is it months, solar years, lunar years? Uh, here's, here's what the Bible says. It says, 70 weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Know therefore and understand from the time that the world went out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the time of an anointed prince, there shall be seven weeks, and for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again with streets and moat, but in a troubled time. After the sixty-two weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing, and the troops of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. He shall make a strong covenant for many for one week, and for half of the week he shall make sacrifice and offering cease. And in their place shall be an abomination of, that desolates until the decreed end is poured out upon the desolator. Whew. Some heavy stuff. It's very like, this is the end. This is what's going to happen. Very casual, light reading. Love to do it. Like <laughs> in bed, Friday night. Absolutely. Glass of wine. It's cryptic as hell, though. Uh, and needless to say, uh, they... <sighs> They believe that the year 500 CE would bring about the end. They obviously didn't listen to that song by the Jonas Brothers, um, Year 3000. Ooh. I went to the Year 3000. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. Idiots. Not Jonas Brothers. The No, they're great. The scripture. No, they're great. <laughs> oh, no, not even the scripture. It's just the guys. They're just well, wrong. Yeah, that's, they're just that's, wrong. That's what I mean. Um. So, actually, uh, Sextus Julius Africanus changed his prediction from 500 to 800 after uh, recalculating some stuff. Uh, but he was dead by, like, 240, so it didn't even matter. Uh, but, actually, corrections from the uh, scholars, scholars um, they always change their predictions when they're wrong. It happens all the time. So, we jump to the year... 1000 so still first century ish um folks kind of had their own y2k problem uh, it was like a why why 1k <laughs> i guess uh so clerics around europe saw the year 1000 as the year the apocalypse would begin uh this being a thousand years after the birth of jesus uh, it seemed appropriate i guess uh, and actually, riots were said to have occurred in Europe as pilgrims 
began heading east towards Jerusalem to prepare for the end of days. And when nothing happened in the year 1000, theorists kind of like rescaled their prediction to the year 1033, proposing that the end would not occur a thousand years after the birth of Jesus, but the death of Jesus. Also, nothing happened. Just changing the goalposts. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Moving forward a little bit, uh, folks around Europe in the mid-1300s dealing with the Black Death. Yeah, I feel like that one I could kind of understand. They saw the Black Death as a sign of the end of times. And honestly, I can't blame them. What's that movie um, where it's like the end of the world, but like everything that starts to happen is like shit that like happened in the Bibles? All right, so behind the scenes moment, I Googled it. I think the movie that I'm talking about is The Remaining. It's uh, like cataclysmic events and biblical em- enemies shatter a wedding and uh, I don't know. Oh, nice. A wedding. Yeah. That, I mean, the one that I'm thinking of, I like very distinctly remember there's uh, they're like maybe in like Egypt or something. And there's a bunch of like cicadas or like bugs. Is that, that the swarm. Prince of Egypt? I love that movie. No, it's <laughs> it's not the Prince of I Egypt. I love that movie. It is not the Prince of Egypt. Um, maybe it is the remaining. Mm, all right, whatever. We'll just we'll just leave it be at that. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Black Death. Um, can't blame them for thinking this was this was the end of the world. Uh, nearly 10 years of everyone you know dying could make you think that way. Yeah. Like this thing killed between 75 and 200 million people. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, thank goodness we have science now and like we have like vaccines and stuff. Yeah, that good can thing we have vaccines. Pandemics. Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah, good thing we have science and scientists who tell us um, how to survive things like this. Ugh so great ah we're gonna jump ahead to 1520s (laughs) uh but kind of rewind to 1499 actually um there was a massively respected german mathematician and astrologer uh his name was johannes stoffler uh he predicted that a massive flood would once again cover the earth on precisely february 25th 1524 now he was respected like he was actually an advisor to a royal fellow so when you're on that court you get a little bit more fluff with your stuff Uh, so his word held more weight Uh, so according to his research all of the known planets at the time there were six uh, they were going to be in alignment under Pisces, the uh, astrological sign Pisces, which is uh, a fish. It's just such a Pisces thing and the world. Oh. So dramatic. <laughs> well, and so the the English astrologers didn't want to be outdone by this German astrologer guy. So they made their own announcement saying that the flood wouldn't happen on the 25th of February, but the 1st of February. And so when the flood didn't happen on the 1st of February, the uh, English astrologers said that they forgot to carry a one (laughs) and the actual flood wouldn't occur until February 1st of 1624. Of course. Not 1524 that's such a small mistake it it really is but now that left us like 23 days until the the german flood was going to happen uh 1524 actually a very dry year in europe so it didn't happen well no 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 no. this is this is a funny one this i i was having a good chuckle with this one so pretty dry year but boat builders, holy shit, became so popular, very wealthy, as people were putting their life savings into boats. Oh, my God. So they would live through the flood. Of course. And so uh, uh, Stoffler actually had pamphlets created, and they were handing out hundreds of these things to uh, town folk. And it got it got pretty it got pretty heavy, like. 
there was panic uh, happening in, in, in the town. Uh, and actually, a German nobleman by the name of Count von Eagleheim was so convinced of the flood that he had a three-story ark built. And legend has it that at the crack of dawn on February 24th, Count von Eagleheim boarded his ark and had his servants drag his supplies up the plank. Now, people who were not taking this thing too seriously uh, just kind of were like gathering around the ark to kind of like guffaw and laugh at him. Um, and so, uh, you know, they're like, haha, you spent lots of money on a boat that's really big. Um, however, everyone stopped laughing when it began to rain. Oh no! Uh, it wasn't a, a a deluge. It wasn't a very heavy rain, but it began raining, and um, a stampede began in the crowd, and hundreds of people were killed in oh the stampede God. that followed. And then they turned their attention on von Eagleheim's ark and other ships nearby. Now he refused to let anybody on his ark yeah that sounds about right and so they got on his ship and they dragged him off and they stoned him to death okay um i don't know if i would do the same thing but i like kind of get it yeah and well the thing is like the panic pretty much ended immediately once the rain stops <laughs> do you guys think we maybe like overreacted do you a little think bit we overreacted <laughs> never uh, but there were, yeah, tons of dead bodies everywhere. And then this, like, rich dude just stoned to death for uh, not letting the people in during the flood. What other really rich person wouldn't let people into his big Was it Joel Osteen? Was it Joel Osteen? I think it was Joel Osteen. Was it Joel Osteen? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember. Oh, man. <sighs> Anyways, Stoffler didn't die. He did not die. But he was super embarrassed. He was super embarrassed. Uh, so, like the English astrologers, he said that he miscalculated and he recalculated his formula to say that this flood would occur in 1528. Uh, so he dies in 1531, but from a plague, not of course from a of flood. Course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! This one. This is another one. This is a whole different one. Uh, this one is known as the Prophet Hen of Leeds. Hen like? Like, like. Okay, yeah. What did chickens say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is 1806. So I, I'm kind of just moving forward in time. This is 1806. Um, in the year 1806, in Leeds, England, um, a hen laid some eggs. And that was the end of the world? Uh, no, no, not quite. I mean, lots of hens lay eggs, and they still do to this day. They still do. But these eggs that were being laid were special. Um, the hen, this one special hen, um, who was owned by Mary Bateman, she said her hen laid eggs, and on the eggs were prophecies. Oh, come on. This is like the people who have toast that maybe looks a little bit like Jesus, and then they go sell it on eBay. Mm, mm. No, there's actually this thing about human brains that search for human faces and things. Uh -huh. So we, we make that. It, yeah, it's, it, exactly. it's actually a thing. It's actually a thing. Uh, but this was not a thing. This was a uh, absolutely a, a, a fake uh, prediction. Um so on an egg, um, the message was Christ is coming. So the hen's owner, Mary Bateman, shared the news. And of course, uh, Leeds is like, yo, let's go check out this hen. And so crowds of people would visit the hen and would begin to despair of the coming judgment day. Turns out... Um, before the crowds would come, uh, the hens would lay the egg or eggs. 
and she would write on the eggs in some like caustic ink that wouldn't look too inky but would like appear on the eggs and then shove the eggs back in the hens. <gasps> no. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, uh Kind of unrelated. A few years later, she's found to be guilty of murdering people with poison. Uh, and she <laughs> yeah, was okay. hanged in 1809. Yeah, she didn't sound very stable. She was a scammy lady. Yeah, yeah, she was a scam artist. Yeah. Um, she would actually charge people, like, admission, would ask for gifts from these people, going on these, like, pilgrimages to Leeds. Who goes to Leeds? I would I would probably go. I'm never going to go to Leeds. I'd probably I'm go. I'm never going to go to Leeds. Uh, but yeah, she was actually after the whole um, apocalypse hen thing kind of uh, blew over. She got into like poisoning people. Yeah, that, I mean that's you got to start somewhere. Yeah, she was like, no, I'd, I'd I'd never do that. And then they found poison in her house and like, we're gonna hang you. And she died. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> she died. Fast forward to 1998. I'm ready for it. We were alive. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. We were alive. You were six. I. You were six years old. I was six. Yeah. I was what? I don't know how old I was. Nine. Nine. I was nine. Um. So. This is kind of like a cult. Um. This is a cult founded by uh, Hon Ming Chen, and this was called the the Chen Tao, A.K.A. The True Way cult he didn't call it a cult i call it a cult everyone calls it a cult no one that's no in one's cult in a cult <laughs> calls it a cult no, because exactly. then that's too meta um so chen tao was a fusion of christianity buddhism taoism and ufology <laughs> yeah just throw in the ufology that's fine um so chen our our main guy here chen believes that earth has gone through these tribulations the earth has gone through five tribulations uh which date back to the dinosaurs and each of these tribulations uh was survived by beings that lived in north america who were rescued by god in a flying saucer now mind you all of this is happening right after the heaven's gate cult had their mass suicide yeah um, if you don't recall or you don't know what Heaven's Gate cult was, just look it up. Uh, they were another UFO cult that believed a lot. They believed a lot. Did we talk about them in our um, cults episode? Probably. Yeah. I You can't talk about a cult and not talk about Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Uh, but they're famously known for believing that a spaceship was closely following behind the comet Hale-Bopp, which I remember seeing with my dad. Um, I remember he was getting pizza, and then he came home and goes, hey, there's a comet. And there it was for like five days. Uh, And so as the comet approached, the members committed suicide, believing that a spaceship would take their souls to a better place. Oh, yeah. There's actually two people... After the mass suicide, two people remaining to, like, keep watch. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of just sounds like they didn't want to do it. No, 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 no. It was like they were told to stay back and keep watch. Ooh, how do you get picked for that job? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. They lucked out. Or maybe they didn't because they're they're still in the cult then. Yeah. If if they're still doing it. But the website, if you want to see what the internet was back in the 90s, uh, just wikipedia uh heaven's gate cult and you will see an exact example of the internet from the 90s it's horrible uh so uh chen he believed that the solar system was four and a half trillion years old or roughly 300 times the age that science gives the universe uh and he also believed that the solar system was created by a nuclear war I mean, he obviously just knew something we did not. He was on another level. Another level. Uh, so he actually, he was in Taiwan, and he and a number of his followers moved to North America, like the U.S. Uh, and so he preached that God would appear 
on U.S. Television Channel 18 on March 25th, 1998. Why Channel 18? Yeah, I don't know. Um, to announce that he would descend to Earth the following week in physical form, identical to their founder, Chen. You can actually find the footage of people watching this channel from the cult waiting for this to happen and then being like, well, that was some bullshit. I feel like that would be on the Cringetopia subreddit. Oh, also, everyone in the cult wore cowboy hats. (laughs) Was that a requirement or just coincidence? Again, if you look it up, you can you can find it. I, I can I can put the link in the source and I can show it. It's it's great. Um so the following year, Chen prophesized that millions of devil spirits, um, along with massive floods, would result in mass extinction of the human population. Uh, and followers could be spared by buying their way aboard spaceships, which looked like clouds, and they'd be rescued. Convenient. However, unlike Heaven's Gate, which almost everyone killed themselves, two-thirds of... Chen Tao left the group like after this TV thing didn't happen. Like you saw this like old couple were like, well, it's 1215. Nothing's happened. I'm done. <laughs> it's like the SpongeBob meme. All right, I'm a head out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some members stuck around actually believing that the impending war between China and Taiwan would lead to a nuclear war and a an impending nuclear holocaust and God would arrive in a God plane to save the believers, which none of that happened. None of that happened. Pretty much nothing has been heard from this group since 2001. So that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Um, one of... One thing a lot of these historical moments show that, like, no matter how far we get with science or understanding the world around us, there's still something in us that we keep an eye out for the end, like, no matter how silly it might be. It's like, it's got to be like an, like an evolutionary thing that we had from, like, our cave days, watching out for, like, tigers and shit. The last prediction I'm, I'm going to talk about today, well, second to last, but uh, probably like the most well-known, I guess, in like modern mind at least, uh, and it's December 12th, 2012. Yeah, this one was probably the most convincing for me, not going to lie. It, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. Uh, and, and that damn movie didn't help. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Because that shit came out in like 2011. I did watch that movie, Oh, I watched actually. it. I yeah. watched it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Get in the boat. <laughs> so December 12, 2012, uh, for all you uh, younglings, if you are younger than us, I don't know if you are, um, marked the end of the first great cycle of the Mesoamerican long count calendar. Woof. Woof. This one had me nervous. This one legitimately had me nervous. I was like, I was a a senior in college, and I was like, you're telling me I'm going to spend five years in college. Couldn't do it in four. Five years in college just for, like, my last year to end with, like, just awful, just dying. Uh, So, yeah, I was was nervous. But the the end of the cycle uh, was supposed to be the beginning of a new one. And uh, actually, this day was celebrated by um, that part of the world. Um, It was a big celebration. Uh, But um, astronomical alignments and numerological formulas were proposed for this date. Besides the whole, like, yep, this one's over. Here's a new calendar. Um, A new age interpretation held that the date marked the start of a period in which Earth and its inhabitants would undergo this, like, positive change. Uh, It would be both physical and spiritual. And that was the good thing that the uh, Central Americans were celebrating. 
Um, however, um, most people were like, no, this is, this is the end of everything. We're, we're all, we're all dead. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was. No, I mean, it's like there were these scenarios just being thrown out by, by the handfuls. Um, the end of the world is coming. Um, the sun is hitting a solar maxim, which is like, um, the most activity. So it, it's shooting out its outer layers towards the solar system. Uh, normally, our magnetic field keeps us safe. Uh, it's the it's it's the northern lights. That's what we see. Mm-hmm. However, this was supposed to be lined up when the poles were shifting, so it'd be a weakened um, field, and we're just gonna get just get obliterated by it. It was gonna destroy all satellites. It was gonna destroy modern society. Um, uh, other things was like the Earth was going to have some interaction with a supermassive black hole that was at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, you know, it literally it was like day after day. You know, if this one thing didn't happen, it was this next thing that was going to happen. Um, and then finally, there was this one mysterious planet, uh, a rogue planet named Nibiru or Planet X. It, it's had a couple names. Um, and it was this rogue planet that was not linked to any other of our planets in our system's uh, orbits, but was out there. And there were these videos of people uh, who had, like, footage of uh, a mysterious shining light in the distance behind the sun um, that it was coming to, you know, end us. Uh, and there's actually a, uh, this film called, I think, Melancholia. It's by Lars von Trier. It's a horribly brutal movie. It's also about, like, a wedding. Um, but, like, a planet is coming to hit the Earth, and everything ends in the end. Spoilers. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was like, watching these videos, like, oh, my God. What is that thing? What's that Shining light behind the sun. It's like a sun dog. You know what a sun dog is? I don't know. It's like the clouds are are like you can't see the clouds, but the water in the clouds like like refracts the sun and like actually like oh, you see okay. like two of them. Yeah. Uh, it's just like this less common cloud formation. But man, 2012 had me like bugging. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't believe it. I was, I was there. I was I alive. I was bugging. I was bugging for sure. Uh, and that was really like the last big doomsday prophecy that I can remember in my life. Uh, I guess there are some newer ones. Yeah, like, um, what was it? The UN just released a report about uh, climate change <laughs> and the end of the world. What do they say? <laughs> Things are going really great. No, what, what, what? No, no, no. What do they say? Um, I mean, it pretty much just talked about. Uh, there are certain aspects of what we've done that are just completely irreversible, but uh, we could prevent like future warming uh, or additional warming. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at this point, let's just kick it down the road like everybody else before us has. I've got mine. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't have mine yet, actually. I don't have mine yet. Yeah. I'll wait till we're like 65. Yeah. Uh, so that's like all I have like note wise, but I did stumble across this thing pre recording. Um, th- there's always these asteroids, you know, flying through space and we always have these uh, like close encounters. I put those in quotation marks. Um, NASA would call a close encounter um, like a 0.001% chance as a close encounter. Um, there is allegedly this asteroid that's supposed to be coming back our way in like 2029 or something. And oh, I forget, I forget the name of the asteroid, uh, but they call it the Chaos God Asteroid. That's pretty badass 
um that's not the actual name Ooh, it's it's um apophis asteroid apophis okay uh, which is a massive asteroid uh, that essentially uh, the the chance for it hitting Earth is like 2%, which is still like, I'd say pretty dang low. Um, but it, then again, literally the first time I've ever heard of this thing. Um, I didn't throw it into the article because you know, I've had plenty of other things to talk about. But this thing is like as tall as the Empire State Building. Um, and it actually passed by earth on march 5th of this year uh and and we didn't die no 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 of course of course not of course not or did we or did we and we're in some parallel universe uh so it yeah it it won't be back until 2029 uh for a potentially dangerous flyby and again close on in terms of like space the moon is close in space um it would probably be farther away than the moon is so it wouldn't it wouldn't be a threat but you never know you never know you gotta keep people nervous about the future and about for me it's, it's always <laughs> space shit for me it's always space shit um i guess it's due april 13th Excellent. I'll put it on the calendar. Uh, where it would come within 19,400 miles of Earth and be visible to the naked eye. I'll keep a lookout. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, calculations are at 2.7% of it hitting us. If it does, that's, that's probably GG, honestly. But 2%, I'll take my chances. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty small if there's a two percent chance that there's like a poisoned skittle in a jar of skittles i might grab one i might grab one if i'm really hungry yeah but yeah um should make for some really fun stuff in about eight years i'm looking forward to it we'll do a follow-up episode (laughs) (laughs) can't wait i totally can't wait but yeah, that's all I got. I enjoyed this and uh, very depressing. No, I there's so many there's so many funny things in there, like the hen. I yeah okay. I appreciate the guy who built like a fucking yacht, and then uh, you can't come on my yacht. Yeah, yeah. And then it started to rain. Yeah, it was this is fun. There's there's so many predictions out there. Some are very dogmatic and like bible based i didn't want to do it only things from the bible but there's so many and these guys keep changing their math and like oh i was wrong by like three months it's 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 happening i swear it's happening <laughs> i'm super serial this time yeah yeah but so hopefully the world will not end um fingers crossed we'll see you hopefully next week yeah uh, again assuming the world is not going to end in a week All right, well, thanks so much for joining us this week. Don't forget there is a promo from our friends at Campfire Classics right after this, so go give them a listen. And I guess we'll see you next week. Unless we all die. Unless we all die uh, because the world ends. Fingers crossed it doesn't. That it doesn't. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Remember those stories you were supposed to read in high school? Oh, Dickens. Poe. That's literally all the names I can think of. Did you read them? Obviously I didn't. Let us read them for you. Uh, That sounds dangerous. What does? Reading. (laughs) It might go badly. But that's half the fun. I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Check out Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Campfire Classics is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, like, follow.